I'm Deontay Burton, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Luke Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I'm not gonna lie, I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Gilders Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robertson, and I'm down to dunk. Yeah. On you. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleich. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me today is my good friend, McKellie Barra. McKellie, what's up? Well, I'm surely down to door today. I mean, he was insane. <laughs> he really was. It was a, it was a wild game um, on his part. I mean, I just could not believe what he was doing. And a lot of parts of the game. I mean, he he did his defense is obviously great, but then offensively, he did just about everything. I mean, it was yeah. it was it was really awesome. And I have to almost hold my excitement back a little bit because why? <laughs> I don't know because I just I I mean how I guess the question that a lot of people ask is how real is this? You know, with Lou Dort, I guess we can whistle. Let's answer it. Let's let's attempt to answer this. Like, how real is it? And I have, a, I do have an answer, but I want to hear what you have to say first. So uh, let's split his game into like parts. The three point, I have no idea if this is real or not, because the variance on his shot is pretty high. Mm-hmm. I mean, he can go 0 for 4 or 2 for 2 or whatever is in the middle. And probably up until October 2020, we will not know if this is something okay or not. Uh, we need to wait for this, like the remaining part of the season and maybe the summer mm-hmm. to understand if he can become someone like Jalen Brown uh, that wasn't a shooter in his first year nor he was in college but now you won't leave him open for like a split second Mm -hmm. so i don't know um let's talk about the offensive iq that is something that you don't teach as quickly so the reads that lou is already able to do are i'm not saying like super high level but pretty high level. I mean, the cut that he made when he saw that Shea was having some issues uh, driving from the left side of the court and he was ready to dunk it, this is a hell of a read mm-hmm. for a guy who is not practicing with a team and it's basically starting from 15, 15 game, that games. That is, that is high level. Or when he made that pass for Gallo, um, there was a little bit of an, of an hesitation because he saw that the defender was running towards him. And if he passes the ball immediately, then Gallo doesn't have the same space. So he holds the ball a little bit just to wait for the defender to, to run at him. And then he moves it. And Gallo is completely open because the, the defense knows that Lou is having a great game and he takes advantage and basically makes the right play. But that second of waiting before the pass is crucial in order to to free up Gallo completely. So these are extremely high-level plays. And again, why this should go away? I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think so either. And he's, 
to me, a huge part of it is that he, people have had their eyes on him since he was in high school thinking, okay, this guy's trajectory is the NBA. And he was highly recruited out of high school. People watched him at the beginning of his season at Arizona State and thought, okay, this guy's going to be a first round pick. And for whatever reason, he wasn't. Some, I, I promise you it's the shooting. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what else it would be because he's a crazy athlete. Everybody knows he can defend. But I think that shooting is, I think it's shooting might be a little bit overvalued if you're discounting everything else. If you're pushing everything out of the way just for shooting, then you're overvaluing shooting. Not that shooting yeah. isn't important. It's one of the most important things, if not the most important thing in the NBA today. But you can't discount everything else so much that you throw a guy like Lou Dort out of the draft, which I think is what happened. And so, and and who knows? I mean, he could, if, if he could just be a 33% three-point shooter. I mean, we're not, I'm not saying like he needs to be 40% from three for this to be worth it, you know, kind of thing. I mean, he just needs to be able to make one out of four or one out of three shots a game and then it's worth it as long as you just have to guard him or pay attention to him and not just if it it just can't become an Andre Robertson situation where the ball swings 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 ends up in his hands everybody's looking around one guy's double teamed and everybody's just waiting to see what's Dre gonna do what are you gonna do and uh, as long as it doesn't become that, because that's the, that's the deal with him and Ferguson is that I don't think that Robertson came into the league and everything felt like that. And certainly things did not feel like they do now when Ferguson first came into the NBA. I mean, there's like a freedom that comes with like first jumping into a team and given an opportunity. You want to seize it. You're going to shoot it. You're going to do all these things. That was Ferguson. And Lou Dort's another guy that, we know has some deficiencies as a shooter. And so that's where I wonder, does this wear off at some point? Um, I don't think it will, but I've just seen it with lots of different <laughs> shooting guards, even Tabo, you know, Tabo had a, like one really great year. And then after that, he struggled again to shoot it. And, and so like, that really is a deficiency that is, can be hard to overcome at times, especially if you're sitting there waiting on the wing. But the good thing about Dort is that he's like Andre. like He knows how to slash to the bucket. He knows how to do a lot of different things on the offensive end that Ferguson doesn't. Ferguson is just a catch-and-shoot guy. And if he's, not, if he's not doing that, then he's pretty useless on the offensive end. So just things to watch for with Dort. And we obviously need a larger sample size, but he's clearly a an extremely effective defender and has shown good things on the offensive end so far, uh, which is really encouraging. And it's, you know, there's a possibility that he's a part of like the core of young guys that, you know, moves forward as this team moves forward. Yeah, no, those are those are fair points. I mean, the shooting, if he ends up being a 25% shooter, somehow in the in the future, the defense will cheat on him and he will not have the same impact. That is for sure. Um, but to have the IQ and the ball handling skills to do other stuff, because 
I mean, Robertson was okay at taking one, two dribbles and, and, and finishing at the basket, but not much more. Uh, Ferguson is really not uh, someone who can reliably put the ball on the court. Um, and Dort seems to be more comfortable in that. He yeah. played as a de facto point guard in uh, at Arizona State. So I wonder if this can help him in the transition, even if the shooting doesn't pan out. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you want to be uh, a rotation player, then I think that even if you are a 28% shooter with that kind of defensive intensity and um, on-ball skills, you can be in the league. If you want to be a very good starter, then you have to uh, improve in terms of your uh, three-point shooting. If you were to guess, on average, how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? A week, maybe? Actually, on average, people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. Basically a month. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want to treat that ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get your treatment that you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. If the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime that you have questions or you just want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. So if you've struggled with ED, go to getroman.com forward slash down to dunk for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's getroman.com forward slash down to dunk for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Uh, the Thunder just destroyed the Spurs last night, 131 to 103 here in Oklahoma City. Eight players in double figures, which is a Thunder record. There's there's all these Thunder records that are either being broken or on the precipice of being broken. If they win in Chicago, the Thunder sent this out <laughs> to us, and it was... The Thunder win in Chicago. It will be their ninth game in a row to win on the road, uh, which is a which is also a Thunder record, which just feels like such a jinx. Like, don't send that out. Just tweet it out after they beat the Bulls. <laughs> you, you totally you totally jinx it by um, by by retweeting that or ma- mention that clearly. <laughs> uh, I will blame you if, if, if they don't win in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. I mean, I cannot blame the official uh, Thunder account, so oh, man. it's it's you. <laughs> I'll, I, I'll take it. I will take the blame if they lose in Chicago. They should not lose to that Chicago team. But weirder things have happened. Uh, but Eight players in double figures. Gallinari finished with 12 points on eight shots. Steven Adams finished with 20 points or 21 points, 14 rebounds, a steal, and only one turnover. It's another outstanding game from Steven. I mean, he shot the ball 12 times, which is wonderful. And he was just aggressive again against LaMarcus Aldridge, who's another guy that just seems to just kill Steven Adams year in, year out. And this time it was Steven Adams' turn because LaMarcus Aldridge was miserable. He and DeRozan. I just watched both yeah. of them and I'm like, man, what are these guys doing? What is happening? <laughs> exactly. 
I thought the same thing. Why is Lamarco Lamarcus not taking any turnaround jumper? Yeah. That's his bread and butter. What is he doing? Like know. he was doing nothing on the court. It seems that this San Antonio team are is, is slowly giving up. Yeah, it does. Uh, it feels that way. Yeah. Yeah. They tried. They had a very nice run at the beginning of the second quarter, um, the minus 11 Ferguson moment. Mm-hmm. And and then it, it, it was it. I mean, mm-hmm. as soon as the, the Thunder pushed a little bit on the gas pedal, they were basically, okay, we'll lose. That's fine. Oh, yeah. The third quarter, they just laid down. Yeah. It was 37 to 18 in the third quarter. They were like, okay, so was dunking on like two pass plays. Yeah. Like one screen, alley-oop, boom, no defense at all. Mm-hmm. And they tried uh, the Spurs uh, between the second quarter and the beginning of the third to mix up things on defense. They tried to put Pirtle in before uh, just to give some sort of defense to their, uh, to their lineups. But... I mean, nothing really worked. And you mentioned the eight players in double figure, but there are 10 players that scored six or more. That is insane. Like basically everyone that played uh, contribute to mm-hmm. to the 131 points that OKC scored. And I think that we have to praise the game that CP3 and Shea had last night mm-hmm. because they were awesome. They ran the, the the point basically him and um, uh, between the the two of them. Uh, Schroeder was a little bit hesitant on offense. I wonder if the ankle is still bothering him or if he's just having a down uh, time for the season. Because over the last two weeks he has not been as aggressive as he was say in January. So maybe it's just like resting a bit uh, mentally. And but the two like Chris and 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 Shea had a very very good game. Uh, mm-hmm. Only three turnovers, 14 assists, 22 rebounds, uh, 36 points. I mean, they were so efficient. And in the same way, they were able from the beginning to involve any, everyone else. Yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, the The biggest stat of this game is points in the paint. Uh, it is such a wild number. The Thunder has scored 74 points in the paint. Wow. To the Spurs 42. Yeah. I mean, that's such a crazy discrepancy. And the Thunder only took 22 threes and the Spurs took 38, which is a, that is a wild number too for San Antonio. I know that they have changed their, their mindset in three point in the way that they take threes, but still 38s, that's a lot for a Spurs team. Um, and it's just, it's just kind of, it's crazy because I mean, people, also forget sometimes everybody thinks the three-point shot's the best shot in the game yes but a shot at the rim is better you know Mm. and so i think that people for forget that a little bit because the thunder just had whatever they wanted at the rim almost all night i mean they had very very little resistance in getting into the paint and scoring obviously if they scored 74 points in the paint yeah, and the Spurs had like uh, the, in the final quarter they jacked uh, I think eleven or twelve threes. Uh, so that kind yeah. of shows you uh, that they, they yeah they took a lot of threes, but probably um, a big part of those were when the game was really over. Belinelli chucked seven threes in I don't know fifteen minutes. Um, 
So, but yeah, I mean, it's not their nature to have LaMarcus shooting five threes and taking just five twos. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that those five twos were jumpers. Well, not all of them were jumpers for sure. Um, so it's it was a weird game overall. And Mori was particularly bad um, yeah. compared to last time that these two teams met. Because on that game, Murray and and White basically had everything going uh, from mid range, and last night they were basically uh, having nothing, mm. and that that is really a huge part uh, of their game. If they can open um, uh, the the defense by taking and making those mid range shots, then maybe their game is more uh, balanced. But they they didn't have anything going. Um, from mid-range, nor from any other place on the court, to be to be real. Yeah, no, they didn't. That it, the the Spurs just looked really sad, honestly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Halfway through the th third quarter, you're just like, oh, okay, this is <laughs> this is what's gonna happen. <laughs> the Thunder are just going to completely destroy them, and the Spurs are just gonna lay down. And you just wonder, like, what do the Spurs do? What do the Spurs do this summer? What do you, I mean, I. I think you let DeMar DeRozan walk is what I would part of what I would do. And then you just, you play your young guys. You play Derek White more. You play Lonnie Walker more. I think that you hope that you hit on a draft pick and, you know, hope DeJounte Murray can develop. I mean, DeJounte Murray had zero points yesterday. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. That equals yeah. none. None points. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's an accurate mathematical statement. <laughs> I mean that is I mean that is pretty wild for do, a do guy that played 21 minutes to I mean it's, okay go ahead No do you think that Demar forgo his player option Oh my goodness I, probably I have no idea I mean those are 20 almost 28 million dollar and if I am like DeRozan knows that over this summer there is no one that is giving him huge money. No one. Because, yeah. I mean, there's no one as desperate <laughs> to get um, a name. Um, maybe Cleveland. But, I mean, do you really want to play in Cleveland? Or just stay with the Spurs. Um, you can get 27.7 million from them. And then in 2021, where most of the teams will have salary and, and space and blah 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 then maybe you can get to a better place can you imagine if the Cavs had DeMar DeRozan, Andre Drummond and Kevin Love on their team no oh. no not loser because Love is not the loser but the other two yeah. oh boy well they <laughs> I, I don't think well anyway the Spurs can trade him for that salary, for a one-year salary. I have no doubts. And same with Aldridge. Probably they can trade both um, yeah. for, like, to the right team. Yeah. Maybe, like, a team like Minnesota would like to have him instead of... Well, they don't have Jang anymore, right? They don't have Jang. He plays for the Grizzlies oh. now. Yeah. Then, no. Uh, I see no reason why. Uh, I don't know. Well, teams like that. Um, I, I don't think he... He waves that that option, mm -hmm. so they are stuck in with, with with these roster basically for another season, which yeah. looks painful. 
That's extremely painful. I mean, that's yeah. that's worse than tanking because they've won 24 games already, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Thunder this week play the Chicago Bulls in Chicago, as we mentioned before. Uh, and then they get Sacramento at home. And then their second night of a back-to-back, they fly to Milwaukee and play. And we've talked, actually, we've talked about this Milwaukee game a bunch already uh, in that we kind of hope that nobody plays in Milwaukee, yeah. that they just leave these guys home. Say, CP, fly back to L.A. Spend some time with your family. Uh, so I don't, I mean, I think, I mean, the Sacramento's struggled recently, and so is Chicago. So, like, they should be favored to win both games, especially with Sacramento being at home. And then Milwaukee is just a buzzsaw right now. I mean, what they did to the Sixers is akin to what the Thunder just did to the San Antonio Spurs. And you may say, like, oh, the Sixers are in shambles, they're struggling anyways. But still, it's it's still Joel Embiid. And to do that yeah. to that team is still big time. So I don't know what the play is. Like what I mean, I think I know if if you were the Thunder organization making the decisions, I think that you would say, stay home, everybody. Gallinari. I think Gallinari probably won't play in Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, he won't travel with the team. Yeah. Just my... Yeah. But what do you expect outside of that? No, I mean, I think that if they take care of business uh, on Wednesday and, um, well, against Chicago and against Sacramento, then they will probably ask both Chris and Gallo to stay home. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you see how it goes. You play Steven not not nearly enough uh, to 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 make it competitive. Maybe you play him twenty, and you you leave like you can you can play Muscala against Milwaukee because they they will try to space the floor. So you can do the same and try to lure them into uh, some. Well, they, Milwaukee drops still uses a lot of drop defense uh, in terms of pick and roll. And if you have Muscala out there, you can at least um, try to make them work a little bit more. Because mm-hmm. especially if Muscala has it, it can be a good weapon to use there. Um, but again, uh, if they struggle though against Chicago and Sacramento, I don't see them sitting everyone. I don't see Chris Paul want want to sit for yeah. uh, for the weekend. But it could be important because you have then four days of rest, basically. Uh, you have until, uh, what is Wednesday? Uh, well, March the 4th to, to rest. Yeah. And you have the Clippers there. So another big game. Mm-hmm. And if you go into that game with Gallo and CP3 well rested, and you have another back-to-back then, uh, I think that not basically not playing, punting the game against Milwaukee would be a wise choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, then they don't play again until Tuesday um, in Oklahoma yeah. City, which is a, yeah. another back-to-back when they fly to Detroit. So Yeah, they have a lot of back-to-backs. They have Sacramento-Milwaukee, then uh, LA-Detroit, then New York-Boston. Mm-hmm. So, oh, New York-Boston yeah, is not a back-to-back. They have a day between those two. Oh right, no. Uh, mm-hmm. ESPN shows me the um, the timing in it, like basically when, from from an Italian point of view. Oh. So I see Saturday one thirty a.m. Uh, yeah. And so yeah, they play Friday and then Sunday at eleven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Which, so it's not really a back to back. Yes. Yeah, but it's but, a short 
one day rest. Yeah, it's a it's a quick turnaround for that one. Mm-hmm. Hey, I know you got big plans in 2020. How do you find the time to do it all? I mean, you're working on stuff in your house. You're trying to watch all the Thunder games. How can you possibly go get good food and also watch every single Thunder game? Well, why don't you let DoorDash do the work? With door-to-door delivery in all 50 states, Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can order from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A. You can get Chick-fil-A delivered to your house? You can with DoorDash. You can also get the Cheesecake Factory. That's super nice. I know a lot of Thunder Thunder players love the Cheesecake Factory, so you know that you can eat the Cheesecake Factory while you watch them. It's great. You can only do that through DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code THUNDER. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code THUNDER. Don't forget, that's code THUNDER for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Yeah, Boston's really good. Did you watch it? I don't know if you got to watch any of the Lakers-Boston game yesterday. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't follow the entire game, but I watched the first two quarters and then the last one. Man, they're super yeah. good. <laughs> that, Lakers team, yeah. that Lakers team is awesome, but that Boston team, I'm, I don't really know what to do with them, to be honest. When people ask about like who's who are the best teams in Eastern Conference. I mean they've certainly been better than the Sixers, you know, this season. Uh, yeah. But for some reason I picked the Sixers to be the team that <laughs> could get to the Eastern Conference finals or to the finals over them. Uh I don't know. I don't know if I just don't don't believe in their top end talent enough. Uh come playoff time, but uh, they're they're super good. They just have a lot of really good players, and Brad Stevens has found a way to get them to mesh this season. Yeah. Um, well, they are also trying to involve a few of the young guys. I mean, they are still playing Romeo Langford, even if he is a tragedy on defense whenever yeah. he steps on the court. So yeah, just I think LeBron. that in the playoffs, it was very sad watching him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He tried his best, but he's he just. He's not good at it, mm-hmm. um, and and he will get better, I'm sure, because the, his like physical specimen. I mean, he's six five, probably mm-hmm. two twenty pounds, so it's it's going to be okay, but it's 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 not at that level yet. So, uh, but my point was, I mean, they are trying to involve uh, fringe guys, so they are not playing their best lineup every single time. Right. They so Williams they have a little a bit of a ceiling, um, and like to to go to LA without Kemba and put that show on the court, it's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was very impressive. Our guy Grant yeah. Williams plays a lot for them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's solid. He's super solid. I mean, I I always like rookies that are ready defensively. And Henny is quite ready. Mm-hmm. And he, he also made two clutch, very clutch free throws. And when he when they gave him the ball, <laughs> I I I look at him and I couldn't tell if he was completely uh, in power at the moment or completely afraid. But I mean, he he made them both, and uh, yeah, yeah, he's he's a good player. He will be a good player. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. I like him. I like him a lot. Uh, the Thunder sit uh, 
at 111 offensive rating, which is 14th in the NBA, right behind the Wizards, who have had a really nice offense this year and maybe one of the worst defenses maybe ever. Uh, and then they're ninth in the league in defensive rating, 107.9, and they sit at 11 in net rating at a 3.1, just behind the Miami Heat, who are at 3.2, uh, and in front of Philadelphia, Indiana, Brooklyn. So this is, uh, man, I think we look at these numbers every week, and I just think this is a good team, legitimately a really good team. Yeah. And, man, I just, the more I watch them, the more I wonder, what can they actually do come playoff time? Because they're, like, do they have another gear to go to? What is that gear? What does that look like? Or is this just, like, the best of who they are? Um, I don't know. Uh, they are probably close to the best, uh, but I would rephrase the question: Is OKC um, system tuned for the playoffs? Yeah. And 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 to me, that is uh, the fundamental question. And I think that they show that they can play slow pace. Um, they can play. Um, they are reliable in terms of getting shots, getting good shots, getting good contribution in moments of the game where you don't have a free-flowing offense. You don't have a lot of space. So in that sense, I think that they are ready for the postseason. On the other end, um, and on some nights, the, the opponent's team really hunt OKC for matchups. Like they, they put Gallo into every single screen. They put maybe a switch and then a big guy onto Schroeder or, or Chris Paul, these things will, will be more and more um, uh, highlighted in the playoffs. And I don't know how OKC will respond because what, what is Billy going to do when Donovan Mitchell attacks Gallo on 20 possessions in a row mm-hmm. and he makes 30 points? Right. Or what happens when Jokic... Um, gets a switch onto Schroeder for five times. Do you change your three guard lineups or you stick with that? And those are the things that I think Hokesi has some counter, but not many. If Gallo is not able to contribute in a playoff series, I do think that Hokesi will lose that playoff series no matter what. And and same with Steven and, and Nerons, because if you can keep your identity and play those two guys uh, a lot, like they did tonight, they were disruptive, they were good on offense, then they have a chance against anyone. I don't think that the difference between the top teams, maybe except for the Lakers, who have the best player in the world, and the Clippers, who have the two best wings uh, in the league, um, the other teams, the, the difference between Denver and OKC is not that big. It's, it's not big in terms of record, and it's not big in terms of talent on the court. And you can say the same for Utah, for for the Rockets, for the Mavericks. I mean, those teams, I think, have a puncher chance against themselves. I mean, no one starts the playoff series beaten. Mm-hmm. No, I think I think that's right. I, I think they do have, they certainly have a chance. And I don't know what to do with the Mavericks net rating. It's a 5.7. 
It's the second yeah. best in the Western Conference. I mean, yeah. I'm, I just <laughs> and it's their their offense is just so much better than everybody else's. One sixteen point three. Houston's number two at a one thirteen point six. But then their defensive rating is eighteenth in the league. They're tied with Phoenix. And yeah. in defense. And so man, if they could if their defense was at least just even more mediocre where you're like the Nuggets are thirteenth in defense. If you're somewhere closer to that, I mean one, they have close to the best net rating in the league, or at least number two. Do you know who's the number two net rating team in the league? Uh I was on the page, so but but I don't remember. So it could be Toronto. Yeah, Toronto. They're tied yeah. with the Lakers, which is I mean that's to me that's it. Nick Nurse, coach of the year, right there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So crazy. And and this, I I know that that probably nobody agrees with this, but I'll say it anyway. There's value on winning. There is a, a huge value. Yeah. And this Toronto core shows you that, well, first they have a very good talent. I mean, Pascal Siakam is, is extremely good. Kyle Lowry is good. Um, Serge Ibaka is having a, an amazing season. Yeah. Anunobi is finally healthy and contributing. And the, the comparison with, with Ferg is, is better and better by the day. Um, <laughs> but, I mean... This team won a title, and they won a title not by, I don't know, playing just on Kawhi's back. Mm-hmm. On the playoffs, yes, but for the entire season, they were the best team, even without him. And and what's left since Kawhi, Kawhi left is a team that knows how to play, knows how to compete, that has a very, very good coach, and that is still playing at, a, at an elite level. Mm-hmm. And well, I didn't name Fred Van Vliet, but he's having a hell of a season as well. So all these parts that had a role in the title run are still playing like a, a, a contending team. And this is the secret, I think. And this is why I think even if they will, if OKC will lose a pick or if OKC didn't maximize the value of Gallo or Schroeder, I think that there is value in showing Shea, Dort, Paisley, what is to be what it takes to be a very good team in the West? Mm-hmm. There is no shortcut. There is just grinding every day and showing up even against um, teams like the Knicks, the Hawks, or or teams like that that doesn't that don't have a very good season. But still, you have to show up. You have to play your best game, and you have to win. Yep, that's something that they've shown consistently, and. I question whether they could get to 50 after, you know, before. I guess this was Thursday and Friday. I was kind of questioning it. All they have to do is go 15 and 10 the rest of the way. Yeah. I mean, getting that Denver win was big time because that's a team you're not supposed to beat. And that was an incredible win for the Thunder. But Uh, they fought hard to get it. Oh, like they, they had to yeah. really hard. Yeah, it's not that like the Denver laid an egg or yeah, they shoot poorly from three. That that is surely true. But they competed and OKC beat them mm-hmm. with full merits. Mm-hmm. And this is 
And this is important. I mean, next week, it's a tough week because they don't play very good teams uh, up until Milwaukee, probably. Mm-hmm. And do they need to keep their focus on like the stuff that make make them the team that they are. Uh, the the defense, I mean, the defense that they played tonight, last night against the Spurs in the third quarter was amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were flying around. They were beasting them. They were physically imposing their will on the Spurs. And they have to do the same against Chicago. They just have to go there and dismantle them defensively. The yeah. offense will come. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll end with a quote from Hassan Whiteside. I feel like I'm defensive oh, player of the year. Yeah. So yeah. that, there's that. There's uh, there's some people operate <laughs> in reality and some people don't. And uh, you guys can decide what you think about Hassan Whiteside. Uh, thanks for listening to our podcast. You can follow McKelly on Twitter at Mikey Barra. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. Follow our podcast at Down to Dunk. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you have a chance, it means a lot to us. I read all of them. And it's just a way that you can help us out. So go do that today. Hope you guys have a wonderful Monday. And we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday.